Hello and welcome to the Brickhead Blitz, the show where we talk about everything in the NFL. Um, and of course, we have got to the point where we're all dreading uh, the final week of regular season football. Uh, the last week where we see uh, all of our teams play one game um, before, you know, just nine teams from each conference are ceremoniously eliminated from playing any more football until August. Um, this is the point where men become menera. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm talking shit. Uh, I am your host, as usual, the unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and joining me, as always, is the menorah is of menorahist of men. See, um, right. Well, f- first of all, I'm Smith, which is at the rs underscore nine four on Instagram and Instagram only. When you said it, I was like, I'm trying to think of a other way to put that, and all I could think of when Homo sapiens become more homo. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> The homoist of sapiens. Yeah, um, and then, I, then it could have been, and uh, the homo homo of the <laughs> the co-hosts. I'm the whole host. <laughs> it's Homo erectus. It's Smith. Second <laughs> yep. um, like part's the true. Pod- oh. And don't forget to follow the podcast at Brick Blitz on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, more uh, paleontology jokes coming at you uh, at the end of the episode. I can't promise that. Um, but yes, this is the end of the NFL regular season. Uh, so this is the last time that we get to do the playoff scenario uh, for you. Obviously, we missed it last week because I recorded it way before um, any of the games of week 16 had actually happened. So I couldn't give you the week 17 games to watch but yes this is this is it so in the afc the ravens have clinched the number one overall seed so they get that crucial first round by um so well done to the ravens uh they finished uh, sorry they go into week 18 with a uh, a regular oh my god they go into week 18 with a record of 13 and 3 nailed it um <laughs> The Dolphins currently have the number two seed. Um, They've clinched a playoff berth, but they have not got that two seed locked up. Uh, But they are currently there with the 11-5 record. Chiefs still managing, after a couple of poor weeks, to be top the AFC West. Uh, They currently have a record of 10-6, so the current third seed. And the Browns have definitely clinched a playoff berth, but they have not wrapped up their seeding. They have a the fifth seed currently, uh, with a record of eleven and five. Um, in the hunt for this at the time, the the favourites, the current ones in the seedings, the fourth seed is the Jacksonville Jaguars with a record of nine and seven. Uh, with a record of ten and six, you have the sixth seed Bills, and the seventh seed Colts with also a record of 9 and 7. Obviously, Colts, Jags, Texans, who are your 8th seed, all have a record of 9 and 7, are all in the AFC South. So the AFC South is the one to watch at the moment. Um, They are going to be a closely contested division. 
as we go into this. So yes, the Texans have the eighth seed and the ninth seed, the last AFC team that can still get into the playoffs mathematically, uh, is your Pittsburgh Steelers with a record of nine and seven. Mike Tomlin once again manages to have a winning season with a bad Steelers team. It's yeah, isn't unreal. this the 13th straight season or something like that? Insanity. Insanity. Um, just going to pause here quickly. Mike Tomlin's like a first ballot Hall of Fame coach, right? Because he's got to be with this. Yeah, definitely. Like, the only... Well, the only... Not gripe, I would say, is like, obviously, a lot of people comment on it like, oh, this is his first... Oh, sorry, his 13th straight... 500 or above season and mm-hmm. most people are like okay yeah but the team's quite mid and has been for quite a while but i think a lot of teams like like they have the spikes and then go down mm. he's he's had spikes and then managed to say all right you can call it average but what you want but at least it's not going down to shit yeah absolutely this this is the thing he's never like like had a belichick after brady this is it He's never had a first overall pick. They've got two Super Bowls out of this era, I think. Um, so it's not like it's not like you can look at it and go, well, yeah, every coach will have this and that. But it's like, mm-hmm. well, every other coach has had a winning and a losing season. This guy's never had a losing season, as or you know, for thirteen straight seasons, not had a losing season. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that in the off season potentially. Um, okay, so your first overall seed in the NFC is the San Francisco Forty Niners. Um, yeah, they're gonna. I think I think they've wrapped it up because of other games that have happened. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll that's you know well done for them. They don't need it. But I think they will like it. Uh, currently, your two seed is the Dallas Cowboys. They have a record of eleven and five. The current third seed is the Detroit Lions with the same record. Also with the same record is the current fifth seed in the Philadelphia Eagles. And the last um, team to have clinched the playoffs is the LA Rams. Currently sat at the sixth seed with a record of nine and seven. Um, we have. Six teams still in the hunt for those for that final playoff spot, um, or two final playoff spots, should I say? Uh, because the NFC South, much like the AFC South, is still up for grabs, and there are still three teams that could mathematically get there. Um, sorry, two teams that can win it. I think one team that can still vie for the last overall spot in the playoffs so the tampa bay buccaneers have a record of eight and eight also with a record of eight and eight is the new orleans saints from the nfc south both of those teams can either be the fourth or the seventh seed um well the the thing is so this week coming up yeah all four teams in this division are against each other in some way okay Luckily for the Bucks, they're against the Panthers. Yeah. So they're probably going to go 9-8. and eight. Yeah. But it's the Saints and the Falcons where, like, if the Falcons win this, that means both teams are on 8-9, and nine, but the Falcons will have a better division score, so they'll go above the Saints in the actual yeah. uh, conference. Yeah. So, as I say, it's one of those things where I think if the Bucks win, they're in. Um, and oh, they've yeah. won the conference. Yeah. 
for the other two teams, they have to rely on a Buccaneers loss. Um, you have to like, rely to on a win Buccaneers the loss, and I'm pretty sure a, a big loss uh, points-wise as well. Um, it doesn't say anything about points, so I'll just go through this scenario then. Um, I'll I'll talk about clinching scenarios in a minute, um, but just for the NFC South because it's such an interesting one. So for the Buccaneers, it's win at the Panthers or tie at the Panthers and a Seahawks loss and a Packers tie or loss. That's their scenario for getting into the playoffs. If they win at Panthers, they win the NFC South. They're the fourth seed. For the Saints, they need a win at the Falcons and a Buccaneers loss or tie to the Panthers. Then they're the fourth seed and they're in. If the Buccaneers win, they need to win at the Falcons, have a Seahawks loss or tie and a Packers loss or tie. And they're the seventh seed. If they tie at the Falcons and Seahawks loss and Packers loss then they're the seventh seed as well. For the Falcons, there's only one scenario that they get in, and that's they win at the Saints and the Buccaneers lose to the Panthers. Yeah. So that's their only way in. So that's quite an interesting sort of matchup. So, yeah, the three teams are vying for that um, NFC South division title. Um. It's such an interesting one. Um, but yes, they are all vying for that. The Packers are your current seventh seed uh, with an 8-8 eight and eight record. Um, and it's very simple for them. Win and in. So, as I said, on the fringe, you have the Saints and the, and the Falcons. They are the current ninth and 12th seed. In 8th position and 10th position, you have the Seattle Seahawks with an 8-8 eight and eight record and the Vikings with a 7-9 and nine record. Um, so that's that's where the standings are. As I said, we're going to go into division clinching scenarios. So for the NFC East, the Cowboys win at the Commanders or Eagles loss at the Giants or tie with the Commanders and Eagles. So if the Commanders and the Eagles tie... No matter what happens, the Cowboys have won the, the East. The Eagles need to win at the Giants and the Cowboys to either tie at the Commanders or tie at the Giants and the Cowboys to lose. So that's the two ways that the Eagles can take um, the, the that division sort of thing. Um, the NFC South we've already talked about. Um, so the AFC East, this is a really interesting one. If the Bills win at the Dolphins, they win, win at the AFC East. If the Dolphins win or tie against the Bills, they win the East. Um, so both of those can... I think it's one of those where they, they could swap seeds, but they I think the Bills could also be eliminated depending on other results. But we'll see how that goes. Um, the AFC South, if the Jags win at the Titans, they've won that division. Or if they tie at the Titans and the Colts-Texans is a tie, that's that. So they are literally, if they if they tie the Titans and the Colts-Texans tie, which is, you're asking for two ties, so it's a big ask. Um, so the Colts need to win against the Texans. 
and the Jags need to lose at the Titans for the Colts to win the South. Or if they tie against the Texans and the Jags lose, the Colts will win the South. The Texans need to win at the Colts and have the Jags lose or tie the Titans. So those are the different ways that the South, both South divisions could be won um, and go from there. So yeah, that's a, it's, I think it's one of the closest races I've seen for divisional Titans titles for sure. Um, and yeah, so going into this week, there are nine teams that are guaranteed playoff places and 11 teams that can still make it into the playoffs. So, yeah, quite a lot of interesting scenarios going on there. Okay. It's weird Enough. because, like, I feel like when we first started this mm. and we went through that first season, then in the second season, we were like, it does feel like the entire NFL is getting closer and closer to most it being really equal and it being a proper battle oh, good rather team. than these teams are just overpowered and everybody else's shit. Yeah, I, I again, I think I go back... I think our first season, it was very much that kind of scenario. It was, you know, it was going to be that the, the Packers were going to win the North, the Bucks were going to win the South, the Cowboys, Giants, or uh, Eagles could win the East, um, and then the West was kind of a little bit more open because um, the Forty ers weren't that mega powerhouse just yet. Um and the Seahawks, Rams. Um, well, I mean, yeah, the the first season we did it was the the Rams win. So yeah, yeah, but as I say it was kind of that 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 Rams win though was kind of unexpected at the start of the season because mm. we didn't know how Stafford was going to be. We didn't know how the defense was going to be. They signed a lot of great players and they looked great into it, but as I say there were a lot of risks. But yeah, there was that, there was that. Should we talk about some games? Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay. So, unlike most weeks in the NFL, week 18 kicks off on a Saturday. So, Saturday the 6th of January. Uh, happy 2024, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we did that on the previous episode, did we? Uh, no. no. Wait, what? did we record yeah it was it was new year's day when we recorded yeah yeah yep no we did not say anything about it nope surprise (laughs) (laughs) um so this is a 9 30 in the uk as the steelers go to baltimore to take on the ravens um divisional game important game for both teams um I think this is going to be really interesting purely because we have to see what the Steelers are going to do on offense. I think they're potentially going to stick with Mason Rudolph. Um, but again, that Steelers defense has got a lot of work to do trying to contain Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, Justice Hill. Um, there's a lot going on for this Miami offense, but also that defense has not been sluggish either. Um, so this is going to be a very interesting matchup. I think the Steelers are on the back foot, um, and I think a loss takes them out of the playoffs. But we'll have to, yeah. This is going to be a difficult one. Um, how do you see this going? Um, 
yeah, in all honesty, with looking at how powerful they are, unless because they know they've clinched, you know, the number one seed, they're like, okay, well, we can afford to lose this one and, you know, have some players rest an extra yeah. week. Um, I'm pretty sure this this is a clear Ravens win because yeah. obviously they've already played him twice this season. I'm pretty sure I already beat him twice this season. Uh, let me just double check. Oh, sorry, no, no. They've already played him once this season mm-hmm. and beat him once. This will be a second time, sorry. Um, I was getting ahead of myself then in playoff weeks. <laughs> uh, oh, no, they actually took an L that week. Yeah. 17 to 10. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I think the level that Baltimore are playing at the, at the moment, unless they, you know, do sub a bunch of people in uh, just to keep them as healthy as possible, as much as Pittsburgh can you know, try and do and have been improving upon in certain ways, I, I don't think there's much that they can get past, uh, especially this defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, as I say, you're right. Given that the, the Ravens have that... Um, have that advantage already i think yeah it's it's a uh it's a potential mind scenario where they're like we might start our starters for like the first quarter to make sure that they're still game fit and then just take everybody off but i think that's a risky strategy um because some players start to cool off over that bye week um and don't come back as hot so it's it's a there's no wrong way of going about it in my head yeah yeah, I get you. Yeah, it's one of them. Like the the they know they already have a break anyway. Mm-hmm. It's it, I think it's less uh, letting them have a rest, more trying not to risk any injuries, especially True. you know against this good defense and uh, one of their players. I don't think he's. I think he's out injured himself. Minka Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. has already ended somebody's career this season anyway with a tackle. Yeah. So imagine if that accidental tackle could go on Lamar's legs that you know end Baltimore's like amazing run yeah yeah true enough true enough um from what I can see it's just one of them Minka Fitzpatrick is questionable he's not out okay right I knew he had some form of injury but I didn't know how bad it was um so yeah to me I think this is a guaranteed Baltimore win okay uh, just to say, because it is the last week, uh, we go into this on the predictions front. Let me just get to the top of this screen. Um, so on the predictions front, Smith is currently in the lead with 31. I have 21 points. So what we've decided to do for the last week is just predict the entire uh, NFL week. Uh, just to give it some semblance of one of us being able to win um, and it not being guaranteed to have uh, Smith win it. Um, so at least I can potentially become a closer loser um, as well, uh, which would just be funny as hell. Um... I'm also wanting to do this for the thrill of possibly getting a perfect week. <laughs> Wait, if you get... Okay, here's what we do. Put a one pound bet on each of our things. See who wins. Um, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. Okay. 
the, the thing is, I want to say that the Steelers are going to go for an upset. They've got more to play for. It's one of them though, like because of the the teams the Ravens have played, who we've yeah. all, we've we thought these are the ones that they will be competing against in the Super Bowl, like because this is what you know feels like is confirmed already with how yeah. dominant certain teams are playing. They've played against these teams and they've they've crushed them. Mm. Like it's not even, it doesn't even look like a fair fight. <laughs> no, no. I've got to do it. I've got to go Steelers. Okay. I don't know, it's just, just something's ringing out to me. Something's ringing out to me that says this is going to be an upset week, not because, you know, the Steelers are going to play better, but it is purely because they've got more to play for. Yeah. And do you know what would be funny as well? Past two games, Ravens have been against the 49ers and the Miami Dolphins, two teams that have not struggled putting up points. Both weeks they have only let the Ravens have only let the opposition score 19 points exactly so it'd be really weird if they let Steelers get 19 in but mm. you know there you go but yeah I don't think the Steelers have the like caliber of offense to keep up with the the no. Dolphins and the 49ers in that regard oh god no no not in the slightest um okay Moving on to the last game of that Saturday. Uh, it is a 1.15am kickoff, so technically it's Sunday here in the UK. Um, and that is going to be the Houston Texans going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, this is going to be a very, very interesting matchup. I believe CJ Stroud is back. Um, mm-hmm. He played last game, but he's still on that injury report uh, as questionable. There are a lot of uh, injuries on the Texan side. Obviously, Indianapolis, there's a good amount going on there. Gardner Minshew has really proven himself as a starting quarterback and potentially can start somewhere in 2024. Would not surprise me at all. Um, Okay. Texans, Colts, give me your breakdown. Uh, uh, this is a real weird one because it's one of them where, yeah, if if CJ Stroud is back and mm-hmm. properly healthy, like there is confirmed, there is no issues, and he had a full team, I don't think I would have m- much doubt in my mind that this is more than likely going to be a Houston win because yeah, even when CJ Stroud were out and they had to use backup quarterback with I'm pretty pretty sure that was the week that they had the most injuries possible. Yeah. They still managed to win against somebody in overtime. I think it was Tennessee who they played at that week. Okay. Um so I think it would be an extremely close game still, but Houston would be, you know, my winners for this one. It's just one of them. There's so many injuries that have happened on the Houston side. Yeah. It has played them a lot both sides of the ball. Um the Colts, like I said, Minshew's been a really good QB as a backup. Like yeah. he's been able to find guys in the air and still, um, you know, be able to I'll command uh, or at least do some like field general stuff to make space for the the run game as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's one that's really difficult to make. I think the Colts may have the edge pl- mainly because of, you know, injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Let me just I just wait to quickly check. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's down as healthy. Yeah. It's just that Moss down as questionable. Yeah, I think it, it, it could even just be one of them that they put Jonathan Taylor on the ground so much that it just it wears down that Houston D line. Yeah. Over a course of time and then you know put it in the air a few times because they're so worn out that they can't put pressure on um, Minshew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, especially with them being at home as well, it is looking more like they're the standout winners of this game. But at this moment in time, just because we'd go in predictions, I am going to go with Houston Mm -hmm. because I'm really hoping that CJ can pull off some magic. This is the thing. I think CJ's got a really special future ahead of him. I think he's in the right place at the right time. I think the Houston Texans are investing the right amount into this as a future franchise to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to fall short this year. I think because injuries have hurt them. They have... If you think about it compared to how the Carolina Panthers have got in and how Houston looked in those first couple of games, you know, again, they were against great teams. Sorry, they were against the Ravens and they were against the Colts. Um, So Colts obviously going through that rebuild as well. I think this is going to be one of those, like, look, we know exactly what we've got. We've started with a winning season. We just need to invest, invest, invest. Yeah. But I think they fall short. I think the Indianapolis Colts take it purely because they've got their pieces where they need them. They've got Gardner Minshew on the centre. They've got Jonathan Taylor as the running back. They've got Michael Pittman Jr. They've got Alec Pierce. they got, you know, that kind of decent O-line that's going to keep them going. Um, and then, you know, those absolute ballers on defence of like Zaya Franklin. Um, who's the other guy I'm thinking of? I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, they got they they got the pieces where they need them to succeed right now. Um, DeForest Buckner, DeForest Buckner, that's the guy. Yep, well done. Um, they got the guys where they need them right now. So yeah, I think this is going to be a ten and seven Colts team going into uh, the playoffs, and the Texans unfortunately will fall short this year. But mm-hmm. again, they should still be very very proud. Of the season that they've had, yeah. I mean, I, I am actually excited to see what they do next year. Like, oh, you. like if they draft some, you know, another wide receiver, like standout wide receiver, and then you know go a bit more depth on like O line, maybe, uh, maybe a running back. Yeah, that's that's I the thing I was about to say. Yeah, I I would invest a running back as well because there have been games where Damian Pierce has not been the guy you needed him to be. Um, he's been a great running back at times, but it's just not been the right one. But again, they have those those first round talents from that massive trade they had with the Cardinals, where Will Anderson at the at the tail end of this season has looked immense. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing how he develops into next season, how um, CJ Stroud starts next season, and as I say, give him some weapons, give him some O line help. I think this could be a really good team for the future. Cool, cool, cool. Right, we're going to move on to the early window of Sunday, the 7th of January. Um, So the first game we are going to be talking about is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. 
Uh, again, we've already spoken about a little bit. Um, obviously, if Buccaneers win this, they are the winners of the NFC South. Panthers have nothing to play for, but they've played this year like they've had nothing to play for all year anyway. Um, I This is one of those scenarios where I'd be like, oh, could the Panthers pull off an upset? If this was any other year of Panthers team, I would say maybe. But seeing what we've seen this year, I just don't think it's possible. How about yourself? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I don't. It's hard to see. Like, I don't go wrong because of the division, you know, and who they're playing against. I really hope they do. I really hope they just pull up some weird upset this week. But I, I don't think it's possible. And, and like you said, they literally have nothing to play for. It's not even a game where it's like, okay, we just just throw this one, and then we've got the number of number one pick or a high pick or whatever. Yeah. Because they haven't even got that. They haven't even got anything to prepare for next season. Everything that could happen for next season has already happened. They've clinched the number one number one overall pick for the Chicago Bears. They're out of the playoffs. This is literally a nothing game. There's no pride to be won in this game because you go three and fourteen versus two and fourteen. Yeah. And I don't even think it's a thing where, like, for them preparing in the off season, I don't even think that they have like great cap space either. No. So, yeah, they're going to be fucked for a good few years, and it's a bit of a shame that they draft a QB that could have gone somewhere else into that mess. Mm-hmm. Because it's not even like developing him for a season because or a couple of seasons because what the fuck has he got to de- develop with? This this He's is the thing. Develop bone structure. <laughs> This, this is it. It, is, it was a risky pick for the Carolina Panthers. It was a risky pick. Um, he has great read of the game, but those physical attributes have let him down. Don't get me wrong, he's got a great re- connection with Adam Thielen and Mingo. But it's just not enough. It's just yeah. not enough. Um, so yeah, I so, think my uh, my money's on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, as much as I would love to see the upset, I'm pretty sure it, Bucks are going to take this. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. We're going to move on and talk about the Cleveland Browns as they go to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Um, Again, one of those situations where I could have, I could see a Bengals upset. Yeah. If the Bengals were a little bit healthier. Yeah, I understand that. Because I say, if you had Joey B under that center, if you had Jamar Chase, you know fully fit from injury um whether he's going to start or not we don't know um you've got great you know jake browning is not a scrub and t higgins has proved that he can ball out sort of thing but it's also this cleveland team Mm. that realistically have a really great offense that's firing on a lot of cylinders and their defense has always been a problem for other teams. Um, 
So, yeah, it's one of those things where Cincinnati have a really big uphill battle that even if they were fully healthy, <coughs> pardon me, I would still be, like, concerned about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, I'd say that the the biggest issue here is the injuries, uh, you know, end-of-season injuries, really. Mm-hmm. Because on the Cleveland side, I know Jerome Front is their like leading running back really. Yeah. But Kareem Hunt as the backup is already questionable. So if anything happens to Ford, they've got a backup as questionable and then they've got to go to Pierre Strong Jr. Receiving wise, both Amari Cooper oh sorry, all of Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore and David Njoku are all currently questionable. So even yeah. if like they're fit for the game, you're never hundred percent that they're gonna be like a hundred percent healthy. Don't get me wrong, like we've we've discussed in review episodes, Joe Flacco was absolutely balling in the past mm-hmm. game. Um, not you know perfect accuracy wise, no. but he's he's doing enough. And obviously these have these this is a team that have a defense to back it up as well. Yeah. Whereas on the Bengals side, honestly, they're like depth chart, especially for offense, it's possibly the cleanest I've seen you can see out of all the NFL this season. Mm-hmm. On offense, the only things they have noted down is Joey B on injured reserve and a uh, left left tackle, De- uh, Devin Cochran, okay. on injured reserve as well. That's it. Everybody yeah. else says they're good and healthy. So it is literally just, can Jake Browning do enough or get enough points on the board Yeah, yeah. Uh, against this strong defense? Because I think it's going to be one of them. It's not... I don't think it's going to be on the defense trying to hold out the Browns because I'm pretty sure the Browns are going to be able to put up points. Yeah. Anyway, it's just how much can you get past this defense? That's it. That's it. And as I say, in my opinion, I think they're not going to be able to put up more than 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the Browns are going to cruise to like a, a good 10, 15 points clear of the Bengals, so yeah. for me it's the Browns. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go with Browns as well. I, but I think it's gonna be like a a thirty something to twenty game. Like, okay, I, I, I think Bengals have the capability of at least doing like a touchdown and a field goal per half. Yeah, but it, it's m- m- any more against about uh, any more than that against this defense. I'm not. I'm not sure about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. I will say um, as well, it's mm-hmm. really f- fucking weird, especially after some of the teams we've talked about. So, like, say, the Panthers, which we've talked about. Another team that I can remember is the the Jets and the Patriots having shit records. It's so weird the Bengals having an 8-8 eight and eight record. Yeah. And them not being one of the many, many teams that are still able to <laughs> make to the playoffs. I know, I know. It's really... It really, I say, just shows how competitive the AFC is compared to the NFC. Um, where, as I say, an eight and eight record, you know, potentially improving to a nine and eight record, isn't even competitive enough um, for uh, for a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, like, because obviously going into this week, they do have five hundred, so it's. It's not even enough to have a technically winning record. No. You have to have a better record. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's, it, I say it's incredible. I, I'm really, really psyched for how some of these teams go into the next season because I think we could see a potentially even more competitive AFC division. Um, with you know the likes of the Texans, the Colts improving, um, the Jags, the Titans, see how they get on, um, whether the Chargers can improve, whether the Raiders, Broncos can do anything important in that kind of side of things. So yeah, I think this could be a really competitive AFC going into twenty twenty four season. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, uh, we're going to move on and talk about the Minnesota Vikings as they move to Detroit. Uh, to play them twice in three weeks. Um, obviously, the Lions have uh, clinched the playoff spot. They've won the NFC North. They won it at the Vikings two weeks ago. Um, there's still a bit to play for. They can still potentially take the uh, second seed um, if if other games go their way. Uh, the Vikings need to win this game and have other results go their way for the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, this is quite a tough one. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to be starting for the Vikings because Nick Mullins did not look great. Jaron Hall did not look great in that previous couple of games. Um, but also you've got to think about what the Lions are intending to do. Are they going to intend to push for the higher seed possible and hope other divisions go their way. But also it's an NFC North matchup. There's a lot to play for if for pride um, in that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see what the Lions decide to do on the field. Personally, I think as an NFC pride match, I would be going all out for the Lions. Um, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I. <clears throat> so just just at this moment in time, on the Vikings depth chart, it lists Nick Mullins as the starter. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of the. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. It, it's it's one of them. Like, unfortunately, I think the Vikings have a one of these other teams that just have too much out at the moment. Yeah. And the good players that they have when they're against a one a team that has a, a decent defense and two like you said fighting for pride because this is a division game mm-hmm. they're going to be a bit more aggressive with it know exactly who to target they have a bit more you know hands-on knowledge with this team they're going to be able to like stop certain things or minimize things to the the, the most minute scale that they could possibly be yeah um and I personally, I, I'm thinking, you know, the Lions' run game is just going to rip the Vikings' defense to shreds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I, I know St. Brown and, like, Laporte and even Reynolds and Williams, they're going to, you know, get some decent yardage in the, the passing game. But I personally think that the, the running game is going to be the thing that uh, destroys the Vikings. Yeah. Completely fair. I'm agreeing. We don't think the the Lions are going to roll them over. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's done, dusted. Um, wrap up the season with a big, you know, the regular season with a big win, and that win would also take the Vikings out of uh, playoff contention. So I think that's another point of pride as well. You want to knock out a division rival. Um, 
So yeah, that's where my mind's at. Yeah, yeah, I can I completely understand that. Um, yeah, it's just one of them. Like even with them being the you know top of the division, I yeah. still see them playing with that one underdog mentality and two now also have the, even though they've got underdog mentality, the sort of this is our division now type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I think the Lions are going to come out on top. I think you know the Vikings are going to ha- have some good plays in there, but they're going to be very few and far in between. So it's not going to be enough to get them a, a win in this. Yeah, I, the the big thing for me is who do they start quarterback? Because there's an argument for both of them. You know, at the end of the day, the Vikings have that interesting situation where their franchise quarterback, Kirk Cousins is a free agent after this season. So they've now got to make a decision on what they do. Do they offer a contract extension or some kind of contract um, to a player that has torn his Achilles and, you know, not sure where his recovery is going to go? He's also an aging quarterback. You've got two guys on the field at the moment who aren't your first choice at quarterback but also haven't been that impressive haven't been that I don't know it's, it's they, they've not been atrocious but they have not made the plays that anybody in the Vikings organization has needed them to make so there's an argument to see you know to start one but then very quickly move to the other to see what you're going to go for in the future. But let's not also forget, you know, there's the opportunity, and as we've alluded to, a lot of quarterbacks um, coming through into the draft that could be options for the Vikings if they decide to either take one of them or move up in the draft to take the one that they've got their eye on. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting offseason for them. With that out of the way, we're going to move on to the AFC East uh, as the New York Jets go to New England to take on the Patriots. This is a pretty much nothing game, so we're not going to spend too much talking on it because neither of these teams can get to the playoffs and neither of these teams can affect anyone else. Um, This is kind of a potential last suit um, or, you know, last salute for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Um, Bailey Zappi is expected to start under centre for the Patriots, and the Jets, I'm really not sure who's actually going to start. Is it going to be, are they going to bring Zach Wilson back for the last game, or is it uh, Trevor Simeon coming in? Not really going to make a difference. Um... What do you see happening in this game, realistically? Because I don't, I just don't know where this game's going to go. Yeah, to me, this is a defense feed defense game. Yeah. Neither have anything to play for. I guess the main thing is, you know, players want good tape, so they can be picked up by better teams in the future. Hmm. But um. Yeah, it's hard to see how this one's going to go, man. Weirdly, yeah. I think Zappi's been having a good few weeks, like, actually able to connect with his receivers. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, it's a good defense, so I don't know how well that's going to go. Whereas the Jets, even if they had somebody behind the line of scrimmage, or under center, sorry, who knows what they're doing, you know, really well, the O-line would fuck them over anyway. True. But I have said in the past, like, in the past few weeks, the one thing that does work for the Jets every time is Brees Hall. Because he doesn't have to completely rely on the O-line. And he doesn't have to rely on a quarterback all the time. Yeah. Whereas players like we've said, Garrett Wilson does need to rely on a quarterback to get in the ball. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. It's a very, very weird one. Yeah. Um, Prediction-wise, I feel like New England's the safer bet. You feel that? I really do. Yeah. Because it's one of them, like, even when they've lost... They've like there was a big there was a big stretch when they like turned over more from like Mac Jones. Yeah. Or when they were like easing him out and putting Zappy in or whatever. That they still weren't like they were only losing by a little bit. Like it, the defense was still able to hold the off, uh, opposition to lower scores. Yeah. And New York, even when you know can play it right aren't the biggest scorers in the first place. Yeah. So as much as, like, I think there's more players on the the Jets that I like, and I would love to see some, like, miracle plays from them, I think the safer bet is the Patriots. It's interesting. It's interesting, because I was actually thinking the opposite. And the, the worst thing is, you convinced me to think the opposite because of you. You talk about Brees Hall. In that same way, though, as in, as much as we don't really enjoy him as a running back, or have kind of had a bit of shitting on his career, <laughs> Zeke has been actually you know helpful in the past few weeks as running back. It's not untrue. Since Stevenson went out. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, it's hard because New England have a better O line. Clearly, can actually you know defend the quarterback a bit. But to me, Jets have a better D line, so would have more of a possibility of putting on pressure. Yeah. All right. Let's not get connect to the ball to actual receivers. Yeah. All right. Let's look in our look in our predictions. You're going Patriots. I'll go safe bet with Patriots. I'm going to go the Jets then. Okay. All right. Our next game is going to be the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. As we spoke about in the early part of the podcast, this is a massive game for who might take the NFC South or who might get through to the playoffs. Um, Falcons have been a bit hit and miss with their use of key players um, and with their quarterback choice. Saints have been very hit and miss um, with the likes of Kamara, um, you know, with with how they've had their quarterback play, the question of uh, Taysom Hill. There's a lot to be questioning over in New Orleans. Um, As our Falcons fan... How do you see 
this game going. I don't think it matters how I see this game going. <laughs> yeah, I think the the only commonality I can rely on really is star players not being used properly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's one of them. Like, I feel like if you have Heineke on under center, yeah, he gets pressured. He's either going to force the ball or throw it out of bounds. Ridder is going to try and scramble. And then he will either force it out of bounds okay. or force a pass. Yeah. So one of them, like they, they both have upsides and downsides, but one of them also has the downside of if they get sacked because they're escaping, they're going to lose more yards. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just one of what what am I thinking? They they're not gonna use people right and the Saints are gonna get a win. What I would hope to happen, they use all their effective players in, you know, a good way. <laughs> Actually scheme it up for the players you have, not the players like you want or have hoped for or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like if even if you were to like just Every, like for the f- first what five snaps, do five screen passes in a row to Bijan, get the all line pushing him up, and when the defense is cottoning on, fake a screen pass, and then uh, hit like London or Pitts on a on a like slant route or a wheel route or something mm. on the opposite side. I think they just need to be smarter about it. But yeah. I think that's that's the one thing we've said about the Falcons all year is they need to be smarter about their decisions. And I think the trouble is, the commonality is, that Arthur Smith is potentially leading this franchise into a bit of a disaster period of wasting a lot of talent. Yeah. Yeah, because it's one of them that, like... the. It feels like over the past couple of years they've been building up the offense. Yeah. But okay, they're building up the offense because before that they were building up the defense in certain ways. Mm-hmm. By the time you've, in quotes, built this offense that you wanted, the defense have like all ran out of contracts and fucked off somewhere else. Yeah. You, you don't have enough time to do what you want to do. You need to be smart about what you have now <laughs> and yeah. not waste it. Yeah, thinking oh you know we'll 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 just do this this year, you know mold them a bit and then next year, then we'll you shouldn't be thinking about the next year or oh, we'll do it. Just do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this it's frustrating. Um, Saint side, I'm pretty sure they're they're committed to you know just using purely car at mm-hmm. on the center now. Like like you said, Kamara's been. Muted the past few weeks. Yeah, I think this is a week that he could possibly come back. Um, <clears throat> if he has, if he is on like outside grabs, um, more than likely going to do some okay yards in the run game. I know Falcons ha- have been having a decent run defense this season. It's just you know up the middle, you're not going to get much. 
um, in the past game. Olave, yeah, it's a bit of a safe receiver, but if you've really got the one and then the others are sort of like 50-50, it's a bit easier to mark. So I'm hoping the Falcons, you know, pass defense steps up because of that, you know, prior knowledge. Yeah. It's just, it's the fucking offense, man. <laughs> the most annoying thing to me is like seeing people say like, you know, you you using Kyle Pitts to block somebody while John o, John o. Smith runs the route. It should be the other way around. And I think it's like even if it was like, oh well, Kyle Pitts is a better blocker. Okay, yeah, he might be a bit of a better blocker and allow an extra second. I'd rather lose that extra second and put John o. Smith there, who is also a, a bigger and I think thicker and more physical player anyway. It could, and then you know, have have pits on the route. He can just get the ball a second earlier and probably do more with it after the catch. There you go. I can't disagree with you. I can't disagree with you. Stupid. Can't call me so stupid. yeah. I just agree with you. I said it's stupid, not you're stupid. Um... You moron. <laughs> that was accurate. <laughs> Um, um, so yeah, lo- logic implies that the Saints are going to win this, but I'm pretty sure you'll do this when you get to yours. But you just got to back your team, and you? Oh, definitely got to back my team. Um, so yeah, you're going Falcons. I've got to go Saints. Um, there's no question in my mind that the thing is about it. I think they'll win. I think the Saints will win, but the other games will go against them. So that they don't even get to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that forward thinking that are fucking go over the Falcons, so I'm just taking it one game at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said in the review, uh, which uh, will be out before this out comes out anyway, the Falcons are already got seven wins on the season, so even if they lose this... yeah. <laughs> they've met the target they expected from them at the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty then. Going to move on to the last of our early window games, and it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Tennessee Titans. Um, this is... The, the, the thing is about it, with the way that the Jags have been playing. I don't know that this is as much of a slam dunk as it should be. Um, Mm -hmm. You'd have thought the Jags with their impressive roster, the way that they started out this season, the way that things lined up for them, you'd have thought this would be a rollover game. But Tennessee have been doing okay DeAndre Hopkins has been a really great outlet for Will Levis and sometimes Tanner Hill Derek Henry has refound a little bit of form uh, Tajay Spears has been coming in then you got their defense that's not overly special but also not dead this could be the biggest upset of the week yeah. 
I'm just looking at their depth charts now to see who's on like injuries and stuff. Yeah. To be fair, apart from like Trevor Lawrence being questionable, the Jags aren't that bad for injuries. Obviously, yeah. their wide receiver warning, Christian Kirk, has been out, but he's been out the past few weeks and they've still been able to make things work. Yeah. Um. I think it's just them going against this Titans defense and yeah. it being good at stopping the run. Obviously going to completely mute Etienne. Yeah. And if, if they choose to put any backup running backs in like Bigsby and Johnson, and it's going to mute them as well. So it's purely going to be a passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I, I think they have still have the weapons to do it. It's just, yeah, can, if Trevor Lawrence isn't healthy... And is it Bethard? CJ Bethard, yep. Bethard. Bethard. Uh, can he, is he able to do that against this type of defense who, on that line, are going to put pressure on you every yeah. single play? Um, on the Titans side, I think it's one of them as well. Will Levis is also questionable. If he was healthy, I'd have more of a mind about the Titans. Um, it's. To me, it's like if Tannehill goes in, it's gonna be a, end up being a Derrick Henry game. Mm. I think because Will Levis has a, a better connection with his receivers, and Tannehill, yeah, Tannehill just doesn't. Tannehill, like either Tannehill himself or you know the offense will just scheme it to, like, um lessen the amount they you know go for passing plays and just put it on Derek Henry's shoulders for the game. Completely fair. So you're you're are you declaring for Jacksonville? Oh God's sake. <laughs> are you asking me because you want to go to the opposite of whatever I'm picking? No, it I'm because I'm still trying to make up my mind. Fuck it. I'll go Jags. I'll go Jags. I say the Jags is the smarter option. The Jags is the smarter option. And as I say, for all intents and purposes, the Titans probably want to lose this to try and get as best a, a, a seed as possible for the, the 2024 draft. But there's something about the Titans that just makes me think they're going to win this. But they have got a currently impressive losing streak. It will be one of them that like, if the Titans win this... It'll more be like, fuck you, we were supposed to have this division this year mm. type of thing. But, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think that, I think the Jags have this. Even yeah. if it ends up being a close game, I think they have this. And um, I'm hoping that Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Tyson Campbell, uh, Oluwakon, I'm hoping they can put, you know, if they have to rely on Derek Henry, put Derek Henry in the dirt as fast as possible. Yeah. Just stop fucking going high and trying to like slow him down. Just just take out the legs as fast as possible. Minimize yards. Yeah. No. I've got I've got to go Jags. I've got to go Jags. I don't know. I'm I'm all over the place. Yeah. I'm going Jags. <laughs> I've changed my mind. I can't, I can't. I can't. In good conscience. So you going all Jags? Right. I am going Jags. Are you changing your mind from changing your mind? I'm changing my mind from changing my mind. Um, but as I say, if, if the Titans win, I'm going to claim like a point one of a point. <laughs> okay. 
okay, we're going to go into our late window of games. And this will kick off with the Seattle Seahawks going to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. For the Seahawks' point of view, this is a crucial game. They need to win this uh, to have a chance of going in, but they also need other games to go their way. Um, Cardinals, however, are trying to lock up that second overall pick in the draft. It's a difficult one because there have been very many failings on the Seattle side of things. Um, with the run game not always being there to help them out, with... Um, with Gino Smith not looking fantastic, there's a bit of a coaching issue. Yeah, this is this is a game where I'm not a hundred percent sure on either team. I'm leaning towards the Seahawks because it's more of a need for them to do this, um, and I'm not a hundred percent sure what kind of team the uh, Cardinals going to be putting out. What about yourself? What are your thoughts when thinking about this game? Um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I'm on Seahawks for this one. Yeah, I think they're going. You know, they need it, so they're going to go in wanting it more. Yeah, and it's just one of them. Over the past few weeks, I think Kenneth Walker to me has proved that it doesn't matter what defense he's against, he is still able to get yards. Um, like like we said in the review episode. He played against the best run defense in the league this year and still did great. Yeah. Like, still was, like, one of their standout offensive players. So, I don't really have an, any drawback on, like, what he's able to do. Now, yeah, okay, there are some issues in the past game I'm a bit worried about in, you know, regards to actual completion rate. But... If anything has been sort of proved to me over these past few weeks, it's that the mix and, uh, you know, overall spread of their four main guys and then mm -hmm. the backups as well just throws defences off too much. And Carolina, uh, not Carolina, sorry, Cardinals don't have the most amazing defence. Uh, like, there's two names that I can pick out, which is... Uh, Buddha Baker and Kazir White. And Kazir mm -hmm. White's on the injured reserve. So yeah. I, I I just think there's there's too much to defend against in the receiving game. Um and then even there, like I said, there's Jake Bobo as a backup. Even on like tight end, Noah Fan also backup Col Colby Parkinson has been, you know, getting some re receptions and even a touchdown or two this season. I think there's just too much to confuse this defense who aren't that great. And two, like you said, I think it's more of... The, yeah, okay, they don't have anything to play for. They could try and get the win to be like, fuck you, we're not just going to lie down about this or we just want to fuck you over because you're in our division. Yeah. But they could just sort of be like, let's... We've already had our quarterback one out for most of the season because of an injury ha that happened last season. So why not just keep yeah. him out and save him for next season completely? Yeah. Um, my own, yeah. My my only issue like with the Seahawks defense really this one is their defense is really banged up. Um, I think one of the big names on there is Jamal Adams is on injured reserve, uh, which I, th I think he went out with it possible ACL, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so, yeah, it's... Oh, this is just a knee injury. I'm finding it... The issue to me would be the Cardinals' run game. In both James Conner and Kyle Murray scrambling. But even them, I, I don't think they're, like, game changers. I just think they're one of those that, like, you know, third and six. Because they don't think they're going to go for it. Because it's, you know, got quite... It's still quite a bit of a gap. They'll do a bit of trickery and get that first down again. And just, you know, keep wearing that defense down that's already got a shitload of injuries. That's my only concern. Okay. Well, that's my main concern, I should say. But yeah, Seahawks for me. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to go Seahawks as well. I don't think there's a... It's, it's one of those where I'm like, I'm trying to diverge a little bit from you for cert- for an amount of games because I know how many games I need you to lose sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's difficult with some of these predictions. But yeah, Seahawks for me. Uh, our last last game. What the fuck am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> our next game is the Chicago Bears going to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Um, Chicago having that crisis at head coach, you know, being like, we suck and all this kind of stuff. And then like all Chicago fans being like, Jordan Love. Yeah, like more like Jordan Snub because he should be snubbed. And then Jordan Love actually being a fucking pro bowler already. He's not actually a pro bowler, I don't think. But uh, he might be. Who knows? Um, This is a big matchup. Um, Obviously, NFC North, uh, big division, big title rivalry. This is a win and in game for the Packers. Yeah, this is quite an extraordinary one. And as I say, for Chicago, really, you've got nothing to lose by trying to go for it, because as I say, you're, you're seeding for, seeding, you're picking for the 2024 draft doesn't really matter because you've got the first overall pick anyway. Um, so yeah, it's quite an interesting position to be in. Um, Smith, give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I'd say it's a win-win for the Bears, but it's kind of not, like, They've already got the confirmed first seed. Um, they're playing just for the rivalry, really, this week. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of them, like, the biggest issue over the past week, few weeks has been Justin Fields and his legs. And, oh, God, you've not shut up moaning about that Green Bay defense. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Packers defense has just been Awful. all over the place. All over the place yeah, the past yeah. few weeks. Um, so if there's if there's a team that he can just sort of run around, this is going to be one of those games. Uh, my only like main, well, my biggest issue really is obviously Green Bay home game. Your offense has actually been you know firing quite well. Oh god, yeah. Um, it's just injuries. <clears throat> like I, I I don't know. I need to check the depth chart. There's I know there's a few injuries in like the receiving room. Yeah, Christian Watson is questionable. Dontavian Wicks is questionable. Samari Torre is on IR. Jaden Reed is questionable. AJ Dillon is questionable. Yeah. There's quite a few there. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the, I think the, the run game will be quite decent. Uh, the only thing, like, with that is, like, the ad addition to the uh, Bears D-line of, uh, was it Montez Sweat? From yeah. The Commanders has been doing great. He's, I think he's the only player in NFL history to have, to be the sack leader for two, te two teams in the same season. Um... So yeah, he he might be a bit ish of an issue in the run game, but really that's what he ends up being one of those teams, and it just tr avoid that one player, and there's more chance of you getting some good yards out of it, type yeah. of a thing. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at who's available and everything. I don't DJ Moore's questionable, so is Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, mm -hmm. the main three that Justin Fields when throws the ball can throw the ball to. Yeah. It's it's literally going to be reliant on Fields' legs, and it could force some picks, like him scrambling and forcing a pass uh, to somebody because he knows he can't make make the yards up fast enough. It could See, end up making him force a pick. This is the thing. I think the only thing that they've got really going for them is that when they scramble or when a QB scrambles against them, the Packers are not fast to pick it up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they've not played mega scrambly QBs apart from the Bears over this kind of, over this season. But they have, yeah, they've struggled against scramble QBs. The run defense has not been shut down enough. Um but as you say, there's there's parts of it that are that are exciting. You know, we've got a good D line. Uh, Carrington Ballantyne and Corey Ballantyne, <coughs> they've been quite good um, in that secondary position. Um, there's there's you know there's there's interesting and good linebackers. Quay Walker's been excellent um, when you put in the proper position. He's been a great QB spy. Jonathan Owens has been awesome. I've really enjoyed watching him. Um, Rudy Ford's been there for points. So there is there is something about this team that just, yeah, they just need to get better coaching on defense and they'd be a, 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 a knockout for this. Um, so th this should be a really interesting game. It's one of them as well because of the Bears situation with like their picks and everything. Yeah. I keep reading and listening to things, and I do find it quite interesting in what like they could possibly do because I think they're going to concentrate and keep in fields rather than going for a QB, mm. and they could quite easily trade their first round pick. Oh, gotcha. For more picks in this draft and future picks, to just go down a couple of places, still get the top wide receiver possibly. And then, you know, just <laughs> be almost the infinity gauntlet of getting draft, uh, uh, like, yeah, drafted players this season to build around fields. Because what the main things you really need to build, really, are some receivers and O-line. I think when the O-line improves, Khalil Herbert is a good running back. Okay. And a strong running back. More, and then... All right, I know he's technically four-string, but I think that's because he's come off injury partway yeah. through the season. Deontay Foreman is a good, strong running back as well that yeah. we saw at the Panthers the other season. Yeah. So, yeah, they're in a, a thing where they it doesn't really matter. Obviously, it doesn't matter if they win or lose this. It's more a, 
you know, a, a division rivalry type of you're talking shit, we'll punch you in the face type thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in all honesty, just because of the uh, defensive struggles and because I would like some more opposing predictions, okay. I will go Bears with this one. Yeah, because there's no chance in hell that I was going to go Bears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this This is the Packers all day. All day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, one game I don't think that we're going to be able to go opposite sides on is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs as they go to the LA to take on the Chargers. Um, the thing is, these are both teams that are almost limping to the end of the season. Um the very, very prominent struggles of Kansas City getting into this point in the season, um, the ineffectiveness of their offense at times is a tough watch um, for a neutral, let alone an actual fan of the Chiefs. Mm. Funniest thing to me about the Chiefs this season is obviously... their wide receiver struggles has been so obvious to everybody that I see multiple mock drafts at the moment from multiple people. Yeah. Things change for everybody at like different picks and like possible, you know, uh, trading downs, trading ups. Nobody has anything different for the first round Kansas City Chiefs pick other than wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Always wide receiver. Everybody yeah. else is like, oh, possible edge. Running back. Oh, wide receiver. Oh, line. Yeah. But then wide receiver every time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say, it's one of those funniest things. Is, I say, for me, personally, for the Packers, I really like to see some sort of defensive player coming into this thought process for, you know, the first round pick because they, they've not done badly. Everybody else was like, no, it has to be Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I was like, no, it's going to be a defensive player. Was Van Ness your first round pick? Yeah, he was, yes. Yeah. And he's out injured at the moment, right? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's back from injury. Okay. I know he's had some injury. I couldn't remember how long it was lasting and everything. But um, yeah, I think as well, it's a bit of an understatement you're seeing both of these limping towards the end. Because yeah. one is limping, the other one is in like a one of those containment units that they use to help people breathe, where they have to fully <laughs> lie down. Like Got the an iron the, lung. The iron lung, that's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree. I say, like, you know, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs have got their issues, but they are not. We've lost our QB1. Our wide receiver team is mostly questionable. Our running back is Austin Eckler um, for all the problems that is. And we have like four key members of our defense on IR. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not good. Yeah. And considering like when the Chargers were healthy, my main gripe has been using the Chargers defense for like letting obvious plays through like Kelsey up the middle for like 20 yards. Yeah. Now they're not healthy. The, the score is going to get run up. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a tough watch as a neutral. 
um, or, or for me, myself as like a semi-Chargers fan. Like I really enjoy watching the Chargers play, as I've said it many, many a time. So you kind of like, if you were going to do a Brickcave Blitz uh, bingo card, Greg says he likes the Chargers would probably be one of the most common squares to knock off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I I like the team as well, but unfortunately, the team hasn't been the team for the past few weeks. Oh, it's been completely mismanaged. Well, I mean, yeah, it's been mismanaged all season, but yeah, for the past four to five weeks, even when Herbert was there healthy, they've yeah. had so many injuries. They've just not been the the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think this is Chiefs by you know three scores potentially. Yeah. The the Chargers have effectively been playing as the Chargers, but you know the one that you've got when it's really old and it's all bent and the wires all frayed. Yeah, yeah. You have to have like two elastic yeah. bands around it at certain points to actually get it to charge. Yeah, you have you have to bend it in a certain place and then put a weight on it so that bait that bend stays the same way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Chief, uh, if, if you didn't already guess Chiefs all day for pick for both yeah. of us yeah, yeah. Uh, a tighter game but again another one of these kind of pointless games uh, we're moving on to talk about the Denver Broncos against the Las Vegas Raiders again this one is purely for pride um, obviously we're thinking about the Broncos in that kind of we're going to get rid of uh Russell Wilson, and then you're looking at Las Vegas, who have uh, lost Jimmy Garoppolo very early on into the season. Aiden O'Connell's not been bad, but obviously he's not had the experience that any other QB coming into this roster could have had. Um, so it's Jarrett Stittum versus Aiden O'Connell. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's actually apparently... Oh, he's been healthy Help. the past few weeks. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been healthy the past few weeks and they've just not been putting him in. Interesting. That's a very interesting... Okay. Um, that's... Yeah, that's blowing my mind. Um, so this could be a very interesting matchup. When you're thinking about this matchup, mate, what is the more likely scenario in your head? Uh, in like I'm thinking... When I think of Broncos offense, Broncos defense, Raiders offense, Raiders defense, mm-hmm. out of all four of those, it's the Raiders defense that's standing out to me the most. Yes. So to me, it's it's a return to sort of uh, the start of the season and last season, where I think it's going to be a low scoring game, and it's just going to be one of them that the Broncos just can't put up enough points. Yeah. Uh, my own like my only thing against that is the possible run game from both teams. I think both teams have decent running backs. Um, the only thing is at the moment Josh Jacobs is questionable. Yeah. So it, if there's like rotation between Josh Jacobs and Mayor White, please don't get me wrong. They've already like had a game where they literally just used Samir White all game and won the match. And then on Broncos side, it's Javante Williams and Jaleel McLaughlin, um, P. Ryan as well. If they can find the space and do it effectively, there is. I don't. I, there could be a possibility of this game literally just be running backs all day, and it'd be like yeah. a combine a combined between both teams, 
20 passing t- attempts mm. type of thing. Um, so, yeah. Really weird one, but if anything stands out to me, it's, well, firstly, both defences, mm-hmm. but then it's the Raiders' defence that stands out more. I absolutely agree with you. I think the Raiders' defence is the most explosive in terms of plays. Um, I think, as I say, you got to fear Max Crosby, um, no matter where you go, yeah. no matter what you're doing. Um, he will the find th- you and he will hurt you. The thing is, like, he's not like the highest in the league at sacks, but I think he's still like top five, top six. But then when you don't look at sacks and you, say you just look at the lead sack leaders and then look at their yeah. other stacks, like Max Crosby is like so high in QB pressures, tackle for yeah. losses, actual tackles. So like he's so much more around the field or in everybody's face. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and this is the thing. It's, it's almost mentioned by every QB. It's literally like Max Crosby isn't going to be, you know, the sack leader for this, that, and the other, but he is going to put so much psychological pressure on you as well as physical pressure because no matter what happens, he is still going to touch you he's going to you know grab your jersey make sure that you know he is there so yeah, that you if, almost if he, feel him yeah if he gets a qb hit as you both stand up as he's walking past he's not walking around you he's not still going to walk through through you and give you a mm-hmm. bit of a nudge as he walks oh, away gotcha. yeah <clears throat> yeah even if the play is gone and he's not even touched you he's making sure to walk through you to get to where yeah. he needs to get he is such a psychological weapon yeah, um, he's, he's he basically head. he has two aims. You either by the end of the game, or even by the second half, in most most times, you're either going to fear him, mm-hmm. or you're going to be see so much red that you can't concentrate on anything else in the game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, I will say as well, like on the Bronco side, like I, I think. Regardless of if they were doing well towards the end of the season, because of all their publicity and everything and how they've handled the Russell Wilson situation, mm-hmm. they fucked themselves for next season. Oh, good job. Like, it, even just seeing, like, people saying, you know, when it comes to free agency, they're going to have to overpay because people will not be wanting to play on this team under this, like, no. under the head coach. No. Um, because it's just been handled so poorly. Yeah, the other players on the team at the moment could have better stories, mm-hmm. like being like, "Yeah, you know, it's hand- everything's good on my end and all that stuff." But this is that main guy with all this stuff attached to him, mm-hmm. and you've just been like, "No, fuck you." I think the worst thing is, is Sean Payton came into this franchise immediately shat on the previous head coach. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't even so that it much was made everything public. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, we found a text off you. It was like, no, you said this on camera into yeah, yeah. a mic, staring at people in their eyes like, yeah. read my lips, bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then even when Russell Wilson was playing good, good, what is good? Good in the <laughs> game, Sean Payton was still yelling at him on the sidelines. So I think it was a very lose-lose situation for everybody around him that Sean Payton just made sure... I don't know whether it was some kind of fucking strategy or something. Um, 
but yeah, this this was a very piss poor managed kind yeah. of. Well, you think it was office. a strategy of uh, negative reinforcement works type of thing? No, I genuinely don't know whether it's like Sean Payton was brought in because the owner of the uh, owner of the Broncos was like, look. I don't know what what I was thinking making this trade for Russell Wilson, but everything's gone to shit. I need you to bully him out of the franchise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I think one one thing that, like, I remembered or, like, thought of when I saw that scene, if you know I'm still shouting him on the sideline and stuff, yeah. was the, you know, the Manning cast, when they did that little video of, like, trying to hire people for the Manning cast. Yes. It was all jokey, like, uh, Kirk Cousins saying... You know, you like that. It's like, what? Yeah. What do that? Yeah, you like. And he walks on, and he's literally just like, "I just want the, I just want the QBs to run the play that I call." Mm. He's clearly one of the like yeah. full control head coach. Yeah, yeah. If you deviate in any way, even if you see something different that will work, I'm gonna, fu- I'm gonna rip your head off. Yeah. 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 Which is weird, because I don't feel like he was like that with Drew Brees. I don't know whether he just maybe trusted Drew Brees more. Maybe. Mm. I mean, did 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 he join the Saints whilst Drew Brees was, there, Brees was there, or was he there first and Drew Brees came in? That is a fantastic question, and I do not have the answer to it. We can look at that when we're doing, you know, re- review. There we go. Yeah, Stop. we can. All right, we're going to move on and talk about the Philadelphia... Oh, wait. You're going Raiders, I'm going to go Broncos? Sure. Cool. I'm definitely going Raiders, yeah. Yeah, I thought you would, and I'm just going to go opposite you for this one. No worries. Because I don't feel like there's going to be one way either way. Um, Yes, so the next game is the Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Giants. Um, Earlier on in the season, this would have been a slam dunk. Um, But currently, Philadelphia on a bit of a bad run of form. Um, having lost four of their last five games against teams that realistically they should have won against in some of those games, um, especially uh, you know the Seahawks and the Cardinals sort of thing, and the Giants have not rediscovered a little bit of form sort of thing because they've likewise you know lost three of the last four. There is a a different era in the Giants organization as people are coming in, people are going out, sort of thing. As you'll expect, a lot of changes over this um, this this next couple of weeks of you know the Giants being out of the playoffs. Um, this this has to be a win for the Eagles to go into the playoffs with any kind of confidence. Um, for the Giants, they've effectively got nothing to lose, and this is, as I say, like all games this week, is divisional round. This is a divisional week. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to call in terms of that because, as I say, I just don't feel like the, the Eagles' form is there. And some of the way the players were speaking about at the weekend... There's a lot of harshness going around that they need to conquer. Um, as I say, this this should have been a slam dunk Eagles win. It could get a bit more murky going into this week. Smith, what do you think? Yeah, 
I mean, my biggest issue with the Eagles the past few weeks is that I feel they've just defeated themselves with mistakes. Um, I don't know if... Oh, so, yeah, I I I knew that Tara Taylor had to come in the last game because DeVito got fucked over. Yeah. But Taylor's now questionable as well. Yeah. So it might end up being a DeVito match. Um, I don't know if, even with the Eagles making mistakes, the Giants have enough to get around them. Especially with their, I'd say, main star player, their main star under contract player, Saquon Barkley, being a running back and this being a great run defense. Mm-hmm. I get that there's a lot of like outside passes, screen passes, that type of shit, but there's been so much like fuckery and mess ups and they're not playing great this season I, I still don't think that they have enough to do this and if they get close it'll be like previous games and a bit like how you've described some of the Packers some games sometimes they've allowed the opposition to look better than they are Yeah, as in the Eagles have allowed the opposition to look better than they are and yeah I I think it is completely possible that this could be another fucking hell what happened week for the Eagles. But I, I, I can't say that the Giants have this at all. Yeah, I, I, I say logic dictates that this should be a win situation for the Eagles. Yeah. I'm just having a quick look at like who's injured and everything and to be fair the eagles don't have that many injuries they've got five yeah. on injury reserve across like both sides of the balls uh but i don't think they're really you know first string players in to begin with so yeah it's it's fuck ups really yeah on the eagle side and then, you know, the, the Giants, as well as they've done in certain games, <clears throat> I just don't think they have the weapons around them this season to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what else to say on it. So you're going to definitely go Eagles? Yeah, I'll go Eagles. For the sake of it, I am going to say Giants. Okay. Because, as I say, it's one of those where I need to win... Uh, I need to get all of these. I say I need to get a perfect week, and have you get five or less to even draw. And I've just counted, and we've gone five predictions same. So, yeah, I need to uh, every 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 game now. I'm going to be having to go opposite you. I mean, I'm pretty sure in the next two games, that's that's fucking yourself. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree with you. <laughs> So yeah, the next game is the LA Rams going to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, As we've already mentioned, San Francisco have already got that first round by, so they might go into this game a little bit like, oh, we don't have to play everybody if we don't want to. Maybe, 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 maybe not. Uh, And the San Francisco 49ers, no, sorry, that was the 49ers. I'm talking about the LA Rams. The LA Rams have a lot to play for. Um... You know, at the end of the day, they want to keep the higher seeding, um, and 
try and um, just maintain and go into wildcard weekend with a good run of form. Currently the sixth seed, they can't finish higher than that, but I say they don't want to fall down to the seventh seed and make sure that they have, uh, you know, make sure that they go away every single game. Uh, massive game, a lot to play for. Um Run it, run me through it, Smith. What do you think is going to happen? <clears throat> it's hard to say anything, anything other than a fortnight win. Okay, but like you said, um, because of how the NFC is, I don't think the Fortiners really have. Do they? They don't really have any competition for the first seed, do they? No. Yeah, so they're 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 completely safe in this that they could rest players up, yeah, and still have their bye week for more rest. Um, yeah, the only issue is like if they were to go fully in on this, one of their biggest playmakers is out uh, yeah. in McCaffrey, and when McCaffrey was out, as well as Debo Samuel and. Their left tackle, Trent Williams, they had a bit of a losing streak. I don't mm-hmm. think just McCaffrey on his own will um, impact them that badly. But considering, you know, he went out last game and it has to be out for this one, it is more than likely that, you know, they will be looking at, okay, if this has happened to him, we, we need to save our players. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could just be a first half... First team out, second half, third and fourth stringers type thing. Get some Sam Donald some action, but yeah, it could be like yeah. I I think that would be a a good way to do it. First half, get some points on the board with the first team. Second half, put backups on if if they you know they put on more points, great. But it's more about them. Getting game time and building for next season when their cap space implodes and they have to have those players as possible first stringers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think. Go on, sorry. I, I was just going to say, I think it's a do or die year for the for the 49ers. Yeah. And on the Rams side, yeah, I think we've said this all season. The, the offense looks stronger than the defense. Um, it's just how. What was their score last time? Um, so it was still it was a close game. Mm-hmm. Week two. I think you know they've they've got enough there to put up a fight and give the 49ers a challenge. Yeah, it's more whether the 49ers just you know back off type of thing because they don't have to do anything. Yeah, Karen Williams in the ground, um, and then Cooper Cup, Nakua, Robinson, Atwell, Higby. I don't really think they have any problems on offense, like getting the ball to people. Like I said, it, 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 I think this is entirely dependent on how the 49ers want to play this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, I think the... the f- the, the Rams are on a great string of form. I think they've got an offense that's absolutely firing. 
I actually, out of all the teams in the uh, in the playoffs so far that are locked in, I think the Rams are going to be a bit of an upset team. I think they're going to go into the the playoffs, and you know, depending on the seeding sort of thing, they can they can go to the Lions and they can win. I think that's a that's a very real possibility. I think they can go to the Cowboys, and I think they can go to the Cowboys and they can win. It's as I say, and if I'm the if I'm the fourth seed uh, coming into this, and you know, say for instance, the Rams have got through Wild Card Weekend, I do not want to be matched up against the Rams. I think it's a scary team, and that's why I think they're going to try and go into this with all that attack to try and go into the wildcard weekend with as much confidence as possible. I think the Rams win this weekend. Okay, no problem. Uh, I, I was going to say, I will go against whatever you say because I genuinely uh, don't mind going with either team on this one. Mm. I think either can win it. it I, I do think it is more up to how the 49ers play things, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine going with 49ers. Yeah, I thought you might be. I would have also oh, been right. fine going Rams. I, yeah, I think no. they're, they're a strong case. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Our last game of the late window. It's the Dallas Cowboys going to Washington to take on the Commanders. Um, this is a very interesting scenario because, as we've talked about, you know, the, the Cowboys need a win here. Um and Washington are in that weird position where they've not got great um, position for the draft, but they're also in a you know in a kind of a a, a weird situation at quarterback. Whether I don't think Sam Howe is the quarterback of the future, um, I would be you know banking on Jacoby Brissett. But again, I think I would be looking at a quarterback in this draft mm-hmm. upcoming. Um, but they have got some talent on that pitch. Um, the thing is, though, like you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Because when it came to trading lines, they gave away two of their best defenders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, best defenders on the O line for definite. Yeah. Um, o line, D line. Sorry. Um, so yeah, it it's one of them. It's like oh, it feels like you you're building this up, but. Then they do things, and you're like, okay, it feels like you're actually getting. You only just seem to be starting a rebuild year. Yeah. What? Very very weird. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. My my only thing with them is they've, I think they've been quite scrappy all season. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I say we'll we'll be talking about it a bit more. Um, no, we've already talked about it. Um, the. Have we talked about it? The Jets game. Yeah, tell us about the Jets game. Yeah, we've talked about the Jets game. That was a very close game. That that the way that the the commanders galvanized to get into that position to potentially take away the win versus the Jets. That was an impressive performance. Um, yeah. Trouble is, they are on a massive, massive losing streak, and Dallas need this win more than anything. I'm getting in before you can, so then you can make the decision whether to go for the content play or not. Dallas wins this game. Yeah, it's 
It's one of them. I think it's hard to go against Dallas for this. Yeah. Just they've been able to pretty much just go like on the sidelines as the defense is on and just before the offense is going to go. And they, all right, anybody who's not scored a touchdown yet, put your hands up. Okay, his turn. He's getting <laughs> this one. They've been very much like they can get to the end zone. Yeah. Um, this season, it, it's just one of them. It's getting close to the playoffs, and this is where they usually implode. But yeah, I'll, I'll go Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's taking the win away from me. If you want me to go Commanders, I'll go Commanders. Well, I kind of I do, because you can afford to lose a couple. I I think I think you should be a generous neighbour. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like it State is Farm. your competition to lose. You do what's best for you. Fuck it, I'll go Commanders. I feel like I've guilt tripped you. I tell you what, I'll give you point one of a point. If the Cowboys win. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. I'll go Commanders. All right. Because <laughs> I, I think we may be split on the, the last one anyway. This the, this last one is a tough one. This last one is a tough one. And we are, of course, talking about the Sunday night football game. That is the big decider. This is potentially the biggest of the games that can happen this week. Uh, it is the Bills going to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Um, massive game, massive stakes. Dal- uh, sorry, Buffalo have been kind of disappointing all season with winning when they were expected to win, but also losing when they were expected to win. Um, you know, that quintessential loss being the, the week one loss against the Jets. If you take out Aaron Rodgers, you're kind of expecting to win. Um, then there's been other games where they've just kind of fallen short against the Patriots, against the Bengals, um, going from there. But again, then you look at form, and the Miami Dolphins have lost games that they just should not have lost. Um pardon me sorry about that um yeah it's been a difficult sort of uh i don't know again it's one of those where you like you lose to the ravens that gives the ravens the number one overall seed but the ravens are a very good team and honestly one of the super bowl favorites to go into this is that a big loss we don't know it's, it's a very, very difficult situation. But again, I think looking at both of these teams' depth charts, there's a lot of questionables on that Miami team, um, whereas there's a lot less of an injury report on the Buffalo team. So could injuries play a major factor into this game? Smith, give me your take. I mean, I think one of the biggest injuries that happened was last week with uh, mm. Nick Chubb going out. Is yeah. Nick Chubb? Oh, Bradley Chubb, sorry. Bradley Chubb, yeah. That's it. Um, yeah, their, their defense is like really ripped to shreds. Yeah. Um, even their offense, like they've only got two uninjured reserve, but every, there's so many questionables. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is the main one. And probably, yeah, I guess, I guess. Hill, Waddle, Mostert, and Kane are the main ones. Yeah. They're main playmakers. 
mm-hmm. are all pretty much fucked. Yeah. Or at least on the verge of being fucked. Um, and even, like, after them, even if you don't have any main playmakers like that, what's the next thing you want to be healthy, fully healthy? Your old line protecting your mm-hmm. quarterback. They've been questionable all season. Yeah. Yeah. This could be the game that, you know, Buffalo just wear them down to their final um final like threads. And I think as well, like because of the defensive issue or defensive injuries mainly, Josh Allen hasn't had the best connection with Diggs towards his no. end, end of the season. I think this is one of those games that it could go back up. But James Cook has been so dangerous as a running back. And if you ain't got a good O-line and linebackers there to get around the O-line and get to him, he's going to run circles around this team. Yeah. Yeah. If I haven't looked at the injury reports, I'd probably go more in Miami's favour. Mm-hmm. But I think because of seeing how much they've got. Yeah. Because it's one of them. They can be questionable, and then by the time, like a day or two before the game, they'd be like, "All good, no longer questionable." There's still a little niggle there. You can mm-hmm. never know that they're a hundred and ten percent. So I think the the safest way to go would be the Bills for this. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that this is, as a a, a healthy Bills team, can absolutely roll over um, this team and and kind of do a little bit of a shock job. Um, in that kind of regards. Um, yeah, the, I think at the start of the season, I would have put money on Buffalo winning their division. And then things happen. I was like, oh shit, that's clearly going to be the Dolphins. And now there's, you know, there is doubt in my mind. That, yeah. It's like, no, the, the Bills can take, they, could, they can get this back. Yeah, I mean, before week one kicked off, I expected a very close game between uh, the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. Obviously, Mm. after week one, I thought, right, this is either going to be the Bills or the Dolphins. And then, as they, with the kind of mid-season form that Dolphins were in, I thought, Dolphins win, Bills second, um, getting into one of those wildcard seeds. To have it this close by the end of it is quite an impressive resurgence by the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I'm going to go Dolphins. I think purely, obviously, you've gone Bills. Uh, that's one of the reasons. But I do think this Dolphins team wants to go into this uh, in as best form as possible. Yeah. But I also think the Bills have a history of failing at the most dramatic the moments. Yeah, yeah, the most dramatic moments. Um, so, yeah, this this is what I think. There's just a little bit of a mentality at the Bills franchise that, you know, this is a game that means so much to everything in terms of, you know, seeding, home field advantage, all that kind of stuff, that the Bills will crumble under the pressure. Do you know what? It's just like came up in my mind really weirdly. 
sounds weird to say, but now it makes sense about how he tried to inspire the team that time by using the plane hijackers. Because the the thing is, we this is our mission, and our end result mm-hmm. is to explode. That's what the Bills have done the past few seasons. Should have cut that out. Yeah, you should. Okay. Yeah, that's that's terrible. That was an intrusive thought. I was like, I want to get it out. I mean, I'm glad you feel comfortable in safe space to, to do this. But it's those kind of moments that we definitely can't do this podcast live. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I know for a fact I've said stuff like that as well. And I've gone, yeah, no. And it's that moment of clarity afterwards. It's like that post-nut clarity. I've got my, my verbal diarrhea out of my brain. And I've got, I should not have said any of that. Well, I... <clears throat> I kind of had the thing beforehand. I was like, this okay. could be a bad idea, but I think it's funny. And even if it's, oh. too, it's too bad, I'll just cut it. Yeah, I, I again, I'm agreeing with you. I think it was funny. But it's that cringe funny where it's like... Yeah. So, yeah. Coming soon to our Patreon. Uh all the cringe moments we've cut out of podcast recordings. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about terrorism and a load of random comments that accidentally come off as racist. So yeah. we thought it was best not to keep them. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah. Um, so, just because, you know, you don't like him, but what do you think will be the result in the... Because it's clear that this guy is going to be marking up against this guy. Stefan Diggs against Jalen Ramsey. The worst thing about it is is that Jalen Ramsey has actually had some really bloody good games at the Dolphins. That being said, I think Diggs is a much better uh, route runner and just overall threat that I think Ramsey is going to get cooked. Okay. Okay. How about you? How do you see it going? Well, I don't want to put a comment on this. Okay. So just quickly, we're going. I'm going Bills, you're going Dolphins. Yeah. What number to pick? How many do I need to win to guarantee that you cannot win this? If you get six. If, if I get five, does it make it... And you got everything right, is it a draw? If I get everything right and you get five, it's a draw. Okay. If I've done my maths correctly. Okay. Ooh. I'm trying to think what... So I'm, go- I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this on... I'm going to get this on stats. I'm going to watch it probably. If, whenever Jalen Ramsey... He's blocking Stefan Diggs. Okay. Out of the targets that Diggs gets on those matchups, if Diggs gets over half of his uh, targets, I will give you five points. Wow. 
Because I don't think he will. Okay. Right, I... and th this is a, like a one-on-one -on -one -on -one man coverage situation, yeah. not a zonal thing. Like, they have to be close enough that Ramsey could interfere with the pass or like something like that, not yeah. run past him and then five yards away, Diggs gets the catch and then Ramsey catches up for a tackle. That type yeah. of thing. Yeah. I'll make sure I pay close attention to this. I'll be completely above board about it all. I'll look yep. at the stats afterwards as well. But if Diggs gets more than half his half of his targets in matchups against Ramsey, I will give you five points for it. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna feel so cheap when I win <laughs> because of that decision that you've just made. Um, okay. Right, Smithicus and Maximus, do you want to quickly run us down the order of the predictions and then we will call this an episode? Uh, yes. Okay, so, first off, Steelers at Ravens. I'm Ravens, you're Steelers. Texans at Colts, I'm Texans, you're Colts. Bucks at Panthers, both gone Bucks. Browns at Bengals, both gone Browns. Vikings at Lions, both gone Lions. Jets at Patriots, I've gone Patriots, you've gone Jets. Falcons at Saints, I've gone Falcons, you've gone Saints. Jags at Titans, both gone Jags. But if the Titans win it, you get 0.1 of a point. Seahawks at Cardinals, both gone Seahawks. Bears at Packers, I've gone Bears, you've gone Packers. Chiefs at Chargers, I've gone Chiefs. Oh, both gone Chiefs. And then Broncos at Raiders, uh, I've gone Raiders, you've gone Broncos. Eagles at Giants, I've got Eagles, you've got Giants. Rams at 49ers, I've got 49ers, you've got Rams. Cowboys at Commanders, I've got Commanders, you've got Cowboys. Bills at Dolphins, I've got Bills, you've got Dolphins. But with that extra thing as well at the end. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Well, thank you, dear audience, for listening to yet another episode of the Brick Cave Blitz. Uh, this has been our final preview episode of the regular season. Obviously, we have the wildcard weekend coming up that's going to be its own episode. And then we're going to try and roll in preview and review episodes um, as we go forward. Just because there'll be a little bit less games to talk about. And we can then start our wind down into uh, off-season content and give ourselves a little bit more time at home, you know, doing what we love and, and spending time with family, potentially. Um, I have been your host, as usual, the unusual Greg, unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. He has been... Smith, which is at DRS underscore 1994 on Instagram and Instagram only. And don't forget to follow the podcast at Rick K. on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, for myself, you can go. Rick K. Blitz!